Hold on, I lost you. Oh, you lost me, lost me. That's not good. Yeah. Can you see me? I'll get you back. I did something stupid. I'm not sure what I did. Swear to gosh. You open this back up. I can see you and I can see up okay. where it says recording. Okay, we are recording then. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Love Palm Beach. And I'm really excited to have Lauren Perry here today. She is the public affairs director for the Flagler Museum. And a lot of people don't know, but Florida and Palm Beach County in particular has a great amount of history and people just don't think of Florida as a place that's old and has a big background in history. So Lauren's gonna share some things about Henry Flagler as she um, is responsible for the local museum. So hi, Lauren. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, we're really excited. So I'm really interested on how the museum was founded. So the Flagler Museum is actually housed in Henry Flagler's Palm Beach home called Whitehall. And the museum was founded by his granddaughter, Jean Flagler Matthews, who was um, a Palm Beach resident in, uh, at the time when, when she was able to bring Whitehall back into the Flagler family. So there's quite an interesting story about Whitehall and um, how it came to be built by Henry Flagler, how he came to Palm Beach and how it left the family and then came back to the family. Um, and it's, it's been an institution as a museum since 1959. So we've been here for 60 years. Wow, that's amazing. It is absolutely a beautiful building. You can see it the water if you're on the intercoastal or I think one of the bridges you could see from the bridge I think the West Palm Bridge going over and um that's I've, right I've been fortunate enough to tour the museum so um please tell us the story I can't wait to hear sure absolutely so let's go back to Henry Flagler himself um so Henry Flagler was actually a partner with John D. Rockefeller in the largest corporation during the Gilded Age called Standard Oil. A lot of people might be familiar with that business. And uh, Henry Flagler was one of the founding partners and became a very wealthy man. And through his life um, and his three marriages, um, he ended up coming down to Florida. And he really started by exploring Florida before it was really developed and started up in St. Augustine, um, brought his wife down who was sick, his first wife, and then later came back after her death and decided that he was gonna get into the real estate business and started building hotels. And then he realized he needed to get into the transportation business to bring the tourists to his hotels. So he also ended up um, putting together a number of existing rail lines and continuing it all the way down to Key West. Uh, that rail line ended up being called the Florida East Coast Railway. And he came to Palm Beach on an exploratory trip and 
basically decided he thought it was paradise and ended up building two hotels here. The first was the Royal Poinciana, um, which unfortunately is no longer in existence, but it was at the time one of the largest hotel resorts in the world. And he later over by the ocean also built the Breakers. Um, the Breakers was originally called the Palm Beach Inn. So he would come down and stay at his hotels. And when he married his, his third wife, Mary Lily, he built her this house, Whitehall, where the Flagler Museum is now located. So he really played a big role in the establishment of Palm Beach as a town um, and really brought the what we call the tourist industry and you can also give them credit for the agricultural industry here in Florida. I guess that was because he brought the transportation here. People were able to get here because the railway ship produce and that kind of thing. That's right. And he also had a shipping line. So we had ferries to the islands. Um, so there was a lot of trade happening. And obviously when he was creating these businesses, the hotels, the railroads, um, he was also hiring a lot of workers and therefore making towns, building structures. Um, he was building hospitals and libraries and churches and also had to establish food sources. So he was helping to establish the agricultural industry um, as well as you know, the tourists who were coming down um, you know, during the winter months, escaping the cold weather up north. Um, but they would come down on his, on his railroads. Mm -hmm. So you know, he had a really big impact and um, you know, built this beautiful home. It was a gift for his third wife, Mary Lily. So she actually was handed the deed. <laughs> it was her. Wow. House. She did very well by marrying Henry Flagler. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so what time period? So you're talking about the museum came in place around 1959. What year would you say all this activity started in Palm Beach? So Whitehall was actually completed in 1902. Okay. So Henry Flagler made his money, um, you know, in the in the 1800s, mid to late 1800s. Um, it was a great uh, time of industry for the United States. Um, there was mm -hmm. a lot of growth. There was a lot of new technology, and he ventured down to Florida and started his hotel and railroad empire um, more at the turn of the century. So Whitehall was built in 1902 and they would come down, he and Mary Lily would come down and stay here um, basically right after Christmas um, and stay through George Washington's birthday. And they basically launched what we now call the season. Absolutely, it's still true to this day. It must have been incredible to come in those days. It must have been a real off the beaten path kind of trip to take. We actually have a number of historical photos. Um, they're panoramic photos that were taken of Palm Beach and the island um, at the turn of the century. And it's amazing because all you really see are sandy pathways and palm trees. And Palm Beach literally got its name for the Palm Beach or the, the coconut 
uh, groves. There were, you know, palm trees everywhere and uh, no cars, no horses. People got around on bicycles or by foot. And um, it's neat to come and see those old historic photos of, you know, the men and women in their finery wearing, you know, women were still wearing corsets and big hats at the time. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're literally walking around on these sand pathways <laughs> dressed to the nines. <laughs> wow. That is so incredible. I mean, it's amazing that, you know, people were adventurous enough to get off and come down to this sandy area where there was virtually nothing at that time. Mm -hmm. Must have been an amazing trip. And, you know, Palm Beach still is an amazing place. So um, it's fun to hear all these stories. I'm going to have to come back to the museum soon now that you and I have talked. That would be really great. Um, you know, the museum actually fell out of the Flagler family after he passed away. Um, okay. So his third wife, um, Mary Lily, uh, left the house to her niece. And the, the, the house actually ended up becoming a hotel because the niece sold it to developers. So some of our local listeners uh, may recall when there was a 10-story hotel tower built on the backside of Whitehall. And that's a really fascinating part of our history is really from around 1913 until, you know, 1959, the house was operated as a hotel. So the story that we were talking about earlier was um, the hotel, um, which did not have air conditioning um, wow. and had, you know, seen a lot of wear and tear over the years, fell into disrepair and the developers sold it and, and the developers were seeking to sell it. And um, we're looking, we're talking to somebody who was going to actually tear everything down, tear down the historic house, tear down the 10 story tower. And that's when Henry Flagler's granddaughter stepped in. She was a resident of Palm Beach at the time. And she stepped in and got some money together and purchased the house and um, created a nonprofit organization called Flagler Museum. So they set about the task of renovating the property and they had a lot to do, but Basically, we've spent the last 60 years bringing it back to its turn of the century glory <laughs> and, and really reflecting what season would have been like for those who traveled to Palm Beach in the early 1900s. Well, that is so fortunate and so special that she did that because it's a shame. Of course, we all love development, but it's a shame to lose some of this history, especially on the island. That's right. So when you come back for your visit, which we would love to have you, um, we've, we're offering a very safe and socially distanced mm -hmm. self-guided tour right now. But when you come back, you literally will be walking around this glorious house. It's fully air conditioned now. Um, and we have um, acquired a, a lot of the original furnishings, artwork, um, and, and created reproductions of, you know, that the silk damask wall coverings and curtains and fabrics on all of the upholstered items. And, you know, it's, it's really a breathtaking space. You almost feel like that you're in Europe. 
Absolutely. I can't wait to come back. I remember when I was there, there was like a piece of the railroad. Was there like an area where you saw a piece of the railroad? I'm trying. It's probably been five or six years since I visited. Okay. Um, so we actually have Henry Flagler's private rail car. Okay. That's what I recall. Yes. So his rail car, um, it, it's, it was described at the time as a palace on wheels. Um, a lot of people would call it a Pullman car. Uh, but basically we have that particular car that he traveled in. He actually, um, when he built the Overseas Railroad down to Key West, which he was very famous for doing, um, he, this is the car he actually traveled in to go down on that first trip all the way to Key West. And you can climb aboard it and see how he traveled. And it's, it's got two bathrooms and a private bedroom and a kitchen <laughs> and, a, wow. and a sitting room. That's amazing. And so we have the rail car um, is actually housed in a building that was built adjacent to Whitehall in 2005. It's called the, the Flagler Keenan Pavilion. Um, and it's, it's breathtaking in itself because it looks like a turn of the century railway palace, but it's really a modern building. Wow. I also remember there being a large room with high ceilings with a lot of windows maybe an old ballroom, but it was exquisite. It overlooked the water. We have um, a number of very large rooms with high ceilings. Okay. <laughs> um, <and> that is <laughs> <laughs> um, the biggest room in the house is actually called the Grand Hall, and that's the room okay. that you walk into through the front door, and it's meant to impress. Um, okay. The room that you're referring to is actually on the west side, on, overlooks um, the water. Um, it's actually not part of our, of our current public tour, but that room um, was the dining hall for the former hotel tower that was there. So, oh, okay. So that room is historic in that way where it was added in, um, you know, after, Henry, after Henry's passing, but it's a beautiful space and um, oftentimes people will reserve that space for private events. Okay, well, I would love to go to an event. <laughs> you know, because of COVID, we don't have a lot of things coming up, but do you guys have anything planned that the public can enjoy? So right now we're very focused on providing a very safe general admission experience. Um, we are not able to um, use our volunteer docents for everybody's safety. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so right now we're offering self-guided tours, and you can do that with either a paper brochure or you can download the Flagler Museum app, which is also a really great way to take a virtual tour if you're interested. Oh, absolutely. Um, so we're trying to build our programming into our general admission experience. So what we're offering this month through November 10th is on Tuesdays, you can actually come to the museum um, either in our 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. entry time slot, and you can listen to a musician perform on one of our historic in instruments. So Whitehall actually has a built-in organ. Um, in the music room, it has 1,249 pipes. 
Um, and um, Henry Flagler loved organ music and marches. So we have an organist who comes to play that on Tuesdays. And we also have um, Mary Lily's Steinway piano. It's a beautiful art case piano in French gray. And we have a pianist who comes and plays the piano on Tuesdays as well. So when you come into the house, you can kind of experience and hear what it might have been like um, when the Flaglers lived here. Well, that sounds really beautiful. Um, can you just register online to attend? I'm sure you have to register prior. Um, no, that's a great question. Um, we have moved to a, uh, an advanced ticket purchase requirement um, mm -hmm. for everybody's safety so that we're not exchanging money or credit cards. So we ask that visitors buy their general admission tickets in advance. You can do that on our website. You can call us on the phone and we'll take your credit card over the phone. And um, that way when you come to our entrance, all you do is show your ID. You don't have to um, touch anything. Our staff doesn't have to touch anything and you can be welcomed right in and take your tour. And we do have it all on a timed entry system so that we can control how many people are walking through the museum at a time. So you really feel like you have the whole place to yourself. You can walk around the whole house and not see anybody else. It's, it's really an amazing experience. Um, so it's a really a great time to come because you do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. How many people are allowed to attend together? Can you come with four people, six people, two people? That's also a really great question. Um, right now we're limiting all parties to four people at a time. Um, we feel like even in our smallest spaces that allows for those groups to even be able to socially distance among themselves if they choose to do so. Um, we also require that everybody wears a mask at all times, even when they're walking around our grounds outside. And um, even the staff has to wear masks at all times, um, which, which is great. So when you see us walking around, when you see our security team walking around, everybody's wearing a mask. Um, we also have uh, uh, hand sanitizer stations everywhere. So if you feel like you've had to touch the button in the elevator, um, there's a hand sanitizer station right when you get off the elevator. And you okay, can, good. You it sounds sure super safe and nice. And I think it's probably a great time because it is private. So that's through November. Anything coming up for the holidays or... We are actually pretty well known for our holidays here. Um, it's a kind of a local tradition for people to come and take a tour and see all of our decorations. Uh, we try to uh, put decorations up in all the rooms on the first floor, as well as the outside, the exterior of the house. Um, in normal times, we, we have uh, quite a few really great events with Christmas tree lighting and Santa Claus. Um, right now, we're going to be focusing on um, just getting our holiday decor set up so that people can come and still see the beauty and, um, you know, be able to experience the giant Christmas tree in our grand hall and see some Gilded Age era decorations. Um, hopefully, we'll be making some announcements about some other programs soon in regards to Christmas time activities. Um, but it really is a beautiful time of year to come back and visit with your family. Um, we're, we're only closed on Thanksgiving and Christmas Day. 
So if you want to come on Black Friday with your family as a family outing, it's a wonderful, wonderful weekend because, you know, you can kind of kick off Christmas with us. And uh, I know they're decorating our museum store right now with all of their Christmas trees. So um, we're, we're getting an early start. Okay, well, that's fabulous. I am ready to sign up for this month and for November, December. <laughs> Well, it was so nice talking to you today. Anything else you'd like to share about the museum or anything that the public can do to help support it? The museum does have a membership program, and I invite mm -hmm. um, both individuals and businesses to take a look at our membership program. There's a lot of different opportunities. Our basic memberships give you unlimited admission to the museum. So if you're someone who likes to... Um, provide tours to visitors, especially around the holidays, and you want to come more than once a year, that's actually a very great value. Mm -hmm. And then you get different perks depending on the tier level that you become a member of. Um, but we have lots of different kinds of special events for members, um, exhibition openings. Um, usually in July 4th, we have a big July 4th fireworks party that members can, certain members can attend. So there's lots of different opportunities to come and enjoy the space year round um, and, do, and do different activities with your friends and family. Well, thank you so much. I'm gonna make sure everybody's aware of um, the membership stuff. And if you get a chance, email me some links for that. And I'm gonna post it on the notes for the podcast. And then um, thank you, Lauren, so much. This is one of my favorite podcasts that we've done. And we'll have you back another time when things open up a little bit, if you don't mind. That would be great, great Rebecca. I would love to come back. Thank you for the opportunity. And we look forward to seeing um, all your faces returning back to Whitehall. Thanks. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. I'm still here. I just stopped the recording. Great. <laughs> that was fun, huh? You got me excited. <laughs>